listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 5th of August 2022. Later, we'll take a closer look and preview the reporting season, which really starts to ramp up next week. But first, to the Reserve Bank, which has warned that real wages are likely to decline for around two years as inflation remains elevated. So the board has downgraded its economic growth forecasts to 3.25% for this year. It has also revised upwards its forecasts for inflation to 7.75% for this year and it won't fall to its 2 to 3% target band to at least 2025 according to the bank's forecasts included in its statement on monetary policy released today. So for more on that I spoke earlier with Shane Oliver from AMP Capital including some tips on how to get a decent pay rise. Well, the most notable one, of course, is the rise in inflation to 7.75%. Three months ago, they were forecasting a peak around 6%. Now they're forecasting something closer to 8%. So that's the big change here. And obviously, that justifies uh, ongoing interest rate hikes. But against that, uh, they've cut their growth forecast quite dramatically. They're talking about very pedestrian economic growth of just 1.75% in Australia for each of the next two years. And they see that starting to put upwards pressure on unemployment. Uh, from 2024. So short term, more inflation pressure, but longer term, this is panning out as a hit to growth. So what does that say about the way the economy is tracking? Well, I think it tells us that right now, there's still a lot of demand out there. We've still got a very tight labour market. uh, And of course, those supply constraints, the electricity price issue is still impacting, and that's pushing inflation up. Uh, But the consequence of rising cost of living pressures falling real wages flowing from that, rising interest rates really hitting those households that aren't ahead of on their interest payments, all of those things, and then down the track, increasingly falling house prices, all of those things are going to hit the economy and cause a slowdown over the course of the next couple of years. So right now things are strong, but we are looking at a much weaker economy down the track. And I think that's why the Reserve Bank is starting to hedge its bets a little bit. It's not sounding as uh, as gung-ho on the economy. The reference to the economy being resilient seems to have been dropped uh, and they seem to be a lot more uh, circumspect about the economic outlook. Okay, so with inflation higher for longer, um, but you're also saying that the RBA is starting to acknowledge that the economy may not be tracking as strongly as as perhaps it it first thought. What does that mean for the peak in interest rates? Because there's quite a big divergence between um, experts or economists, isn't there? There is certainly a big divergence there, and also the money market uh, uh, is in on that. Uh, The money market sees interest rates going well above 3%, just like some economists do. We think that would really crash the economy. Uh, if you push rates up that far, because it it means a lot more interest rate hikes from where we are now. That's going to cause massive pressure on many households, uh, causing a big hit to consumer spending at a time when we've seen this almost unprecedented hit to to real wages, to real incomes for households. And I think that uh, consequently, the RBA won't have to raise interest rates as much as many people are saying. We see the peak as being 2.6% for the cash rate, not above 3%, and we think that peak will be reached either later this year or early next year. So bottom line is it's suggesting that the Reserve Bank will start to slow down the pace of rate hikes from here, and we are getting closer to the peak. And I guess this may support your view, right? What's the RBA actually saying about real wages? 
Well, the concern for low-income households is that we're going through a lengthy period where wages growth is less than the rate of inflation. That gap doesn't get redressed on the RBA's forecast till 2024, a long time away. Uh, and so the Reserve Bank is seeming to, to express more concern about the impact on low-income households as a result of falling real wages. And that, that's all flowing from the uh, the pickup in the cost of living, higher electricity prices and so on, all the things we know about. Uh, and it is worried that that, combined with the negative wealth effect from falling house prices, will start to weigh on consumer spending. Uh, so, yeah, it's, bottom line is it's still seeing growth out there, but it still seems to be becoming more concerned or more focused or more aware, at least, of the risk to growth flowing from the impact on many households. At the same time, the RBA made a good point. It says that um, some are still seeing some pay rises, noting that workers can demand higher wages because of a tight labour market, even in the absence, absence, absence of, a, of a lift in productivity, right? This can lead through to inflation. But how many people does it actually benefit that this, this bigger, uh, larger pay increases? Well, the larger pay increases are mainly going to those who change jobs. Uh, if, if you're staying in your job and you don't want to change, then you probably won't get a big pay rise. You'll, you'll be down there around the average, which currently is around 2.5%. Maybe it's going to pick up above 3% over the next 12 months. The, the people getting those big pay rises are, are the ones changing their jobs uh, and, and perhaps in industries where there's a really intense pressure. But that's really only about 10 to 15% of the workforce. Most people aren't seeing that. Uh, they're seeing more average weaker wages growth, wages growth well below the 6% rate of inflation, let alone the 7.75% projected rate of inflation down the track. It's a bit like rental increases at the moment. We all hear about rents going up dramatically, but if you're stuck in a long lease, then you're doing okay. You're not seeing your rent going up dramatically. It's the same thing with the wages market. Um, if you're changing jobs, yes, you can get a higher wage rise, but if you're happy where you are and not changing jobs, your wages growth is going to be a lot more constrained. Shane Oliver there from AMP Capital. Now, the Australian share market did rise today despite those forecast revisions. The ASX 200, 7,015. That's an increase of 0.6%, a near two-month high. For more details on that, including the reaction to the RBA's economic forecast revision, I spoke earlier with CMC Markets' Azim Sharif. Overall, it is a negative outlook for the Aussie, uh, Aussie economy at least, you know, with CPI going up as well. Um, on a positive, the employment's looking pretty good. Uh, so what we can expect with the currencies as well, we can expect, uh, again, the negative outlook is going to take a bit of a hit on the Aussie dollar. So we can expect the Aussie dollar to, to start to move back downwards and follow its overall uh, downtrend for the rest of the year before it starts to pick up. But it will also take more of its cues from the US dollar, which is looking like it's going to start to gain strength um, for the rest of this year as well. When we talk interest rates in detail, I think this afternoon the Bank of India lifted rates, but one of the big ones uh, is the Bank of England overnight, the most aggressive rate rise in almost 30 years, and it's now expecting a recession. So how are investors reacting to this or these expectations? Are they already baked into the market? Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, when I looked at the charts as soon as the announcement happened there, Ricardo, so it looked like there was a bit of a spike uh, in the pound but it's come back to normal. So I, I guess you could suggest that investors were already pricing that recession in. Um, and, and the narration behind the Bank of England was already, uh, you know, they're way behind the curve. You know, they were only bumping up the interest rate hikes by 25 basis points and the inflation that 9%, you know, so it was kind of given that they were heading towards a recession and also, you know, their negative 
GDP quarters as well, you know, contributing towards that technical recession. So the, all the signs were there for a, for a recession. Um, and But the, the Bank of England actually did something really well and just said, yes, look, we're going to head to a recession. So it's something pretty positive. But um, there was not much of an impact uh, in the currency market from that end. Um, oil prices, we are starting to see a bit of a retreat. WTI fallen below 90 US uh, for the first time since around February. That's when um, Russia invaded yeah. Ukraine. This falling price of crude now, what does it say about global growth and what does it mean for both investors and for consumers? Yeah, so the, the narrative has changed a little bit now. So from supply-driven concerns, you know, with the Russia oil tensions, now it's become uh, what we call demand destruction. So because oil prices were so high, no one was really purchasing oil. So the price naturally comes back down. Um, and, and you're 100% right. So it hasn't reached or it hasn't come to this level since before the Ukraine-Russia um, war, which was around February. Um, what does this mean for the global economy? Because commodity prices, base metal prices, including oil, are starting to drop as a result of a reduced demand. That just goes to show that the economy is is slowly contracting as well. It's not as uh, it's not it's not expanding as it was earlier on this year and and late last year. So there is going to be a bit of a slow growth in the economy, but that also kind of feeds into inflation as well because as oil prices come down, demand comes down, um, inflation tends to come down as well. So we will see that flow-on effect uh, from the oil prices going to inflation and and the slowdown in the economy as well. Just finally, profit reporting season really starts to pick up next week. Uh, as we come out of COVID, the unusual couple of years we've had from for corporates as well as a result of that, what are you looking out for? So I, I love earnings season, Ricardo, because uh, and it's it's a quote it's a quote from a, a famous movie. So I like to say earnings season is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. You know, good old Forrest Gump. Um, We've got CBA coming out next week on the 10th of August. So, and, and similarly to what I said before, so there's two, uh, I guess, themes that are coming out of the banking sector. So one, um, uh, one is that uh, the interest rates are, high, are getting hiked aggressively, which reduces the demand for new loans. Um, the second part is also uh, as rates go higher, the, the net interest margins for banks go up. So if you combine both of those factors, they, they sort of offset each other because margins are high but the, the demand for new loans are, are down. So it's again, it's a mixed bag of lollies in the banking sector. So it'll be very interesting to see how the banks do fare. Um, CBA specifically had uh, a very big investment with Klarna, which is a BNPL um, a company, and, and that hasn't looked too good. So there might be a bit of a hit on their balance sheet as well, which can have that flow on effect to their net profit. So we could, we could see a bit of a hit and miss with CBA, but we'll just have to keep um, posted and see what happens. And also the forward guidance for CBA Again, markets are forward-looking, so it'll be very interesting to see what CBA think for the next six to 12 months. Um, the other major one I want to talk about was Woodside. That's happening on the 11th of August, and Woodside obviously represents that energy sector, as we you know, mentioned earlier in the video. So the energy sector has done quite well with oil gone, prices gone up since February because of the Ukraine-Russia tensions. So the energy sector would have done pretty well, but as demand destruction starts to come into play and oil starts to creep down, um, we will see Woodside uh, start to put, uh, potentially take a hit. But Woodside also merged with BHP's petroleum um, business as well. So it'll be very interesting to see how that merger and acquisition um, turned out as well, uh, you know, in this in this earnings season. And again, the forward guidance as, as oil starts to creep down, how Woodside would, would anticipate their earnings to be for the next six months as well. Azim Sharif there from CMC Markets. 
This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.